You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. Today, our topic is some of my favorites, technology, data, and off-premise, which has obviously been a huge topic since the beginning of the pandemic. My guest today is Brian Wayne, who is the VP of Customer Success at QSR Automations. So welcome, Brian. I guess first give me a, a brief explanation of QSR Automations and what you guys do. Obviously, we know what the QSR part stands for. So just you know, explain you know what the company's mission is, I guess. Sure. Well, thank you, Barbara, first of all, for the opportunity to uh, join you today. I really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Um, QSR Automations was uh, founded in 1996, and we started as a best-of-breed um, kitchen display solution, um, supplying both hardware and software for restaurants' kitchens. Um, we actually started as um, kind of focused on the quick service industry, which is kind of where the name came from with the, the QSR. Um, but but we quickly uh, discovered that it wasn't just quick service um, that that needed a kitchen display system solution. It was really the entire restaurant industry. And we quickly kind of transitioned into uh, the table service world as well. Um, in, in more recent years, we've kind of expanded beyond just the, the uh, kitchen display uh, area and we've moved into more of the front of house as well. So we uh, created a, a front of house kind of table management, reservations, uh, wait list management application that would run for table service restaurants. And then we've we've kind of turned that into a whole uh, kind of fully connected guest engagement and operational solution that we've uh, we call the Connect Smart platform. Um, today, uh, 20 of the 25 uh, largest table service are products. Um, so we're pretty uh, widespread. We're point of sale agnostic, which allows us to, to really work with anyone. Um, and then even beyond the restaurant industry, we're in, um, you know, hotels, casinos, movie theaters, uh, cruise ships, uh, amusement parks, and even like retirement communities now too. So we're, we're pretty much uh, everywhere. We've, we've got offices um, in the States as well as the United Kingdom. And then we have a, a reseller channel uh, that pretty much distributes uh, and supports our products worldwide. So your role, what does a VP of customer success do? Yeah, so um, I, I, I lead several groups uh, at QSR. Um, it's, I, I always explain it as kind of everything downstream from sales where there's a, a, an interaction with the customer. Um, so that, that includes, um, you know, kind of the onboarding side, uh, implementations and training. Um, projects, account management, as well as uh, the support side. So the support services group uh, kind of also falls under my territory. Um, so I've, I've had a, a variety of roles. I've been with QSR for um, 17 years now, which is crazy to think about. But 
Um, I've, I've been lucky enough really to work with uh, probably the majority, if not all of our, our customers um, throughout the years. So I've, I've gotten a good sense of all the different, um, you know, challenges that restaurants are having and, and kind of working towards solving their, their operational issues. So in, in what ways do you help customers become more successful? Yeah, so at our at our core, we like to call ourselves kind of consultants um, to restaurants. So you know, we our goal really is to um, improve operations for for restaurants. So by improving the operations, you're kind of the, the end result. There is you're going to improve the guest experience for their customers. So like from the from the kitchen side. You know, it's all about streamlining the production of the food in the in the restaurant. So, you know, we always we always say hot food hot, cold food cold. Um, you know, the one of the core concepts of our kitchen system is is that coordination of the of the food. So it's all timed and and comes out at the same time. And then, you know, one of the other one of the other benefits of that is just the overall decreasing of uh, the ticket time. So you can just get the food out faster than you could with, you know, paper tickets or, or printers. And then the, the big thing is just providing the, the data um, and the reporting to make kind of intelligent decisions based on having that, that system. And then from the front of house, the front of house, it's more organization, um, you know, and, and management of, of the guests coming in and, and, you know, seating and table management, server rotation, things like that. And again, with the front of house, it's also the powerful, the powerful data. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've, we basically, uh, you know, we've, we take a consultative approach to really understand uh, what the customer's uh, you know, goals are and what their challenges are, what their pain points are. And then we help them kind of come up with a plan to use our platform to help improve things. So how was QSR Automations uh, affected by the pandemic? How did you kind of uh, pivot, um, you know, to help your customers? Um, and any kind of, you know, concrete examples you can give would be great. Sure. So, uh, like pretty much the entire restaurant industry, we had a few tough months where, um, you know, a, a lot of our restaurant customers were closing restaurants and, and really having a, a, a difficult time with the kind of that initial lockdown. But one of the, the, the new products that we came out with, it allowed us to, to kind of rush to uh, get it out um, and, and into production. And one of the... Uh, one of the new products that we we built was was called the Connect Smart Go app, and the focus of that was to essentially provide a mechanism for um, dealing with off-premise orders. Um, so essentially, it's just it's it's an iPad app that that will keep all your off-premise orders in one place and then allow you to kind of communicate the arrival of the guests to the kitchen. So you're kind of streamlining the, the in-restaurant experience and then communicate with the guests uh, via, you know, text messages, um, you know, alerts when their food's ready and that type of thing. Um, the other thing we saw was uh, just a huge 
pivot to to uh, curbside. The Go app helps with the curbside exchange, but one of the other things that we also added during the last few months was a, an arrival uh, ability for curbside guests to arrive themselves kind of via a, a mobile landing page on their phone so that when they pull up to the restaurant, um, they would they would have a, a landing page or a link that they would take would take them to a page where they could essentially check themselves in. Now, were some of these innovations things that you had in the works or were, you know, kind of brainstormed based on the fact that we were going through the pandemic? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. We had already been planning the the Connect Smart Go app. So the timing was was kind of funny. Um, we just pulled the release in. So we kind of really focused our efforts on getting that out as soon as possible and offering it to our, our customers for free um, just to kind of help them through the pandemic. Um, it, 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 it was also interesting, I thought, too, just uh, many of our customers came to us with just kind of uh, help with takeout in general, you know, to, to using what they had already in terms of our products and kind of enhancing them. You know, one example that was uh, sticky, sticky printing, you know, that was that's kind of grown over the past few years. But that that kind of even was another big one, um, you know, for the purposes of packaging takeout food. Yeah, particularly for the pandemic, where any kind of uh, way that uh, restaurants could explain that the, you know, the handling processes of the food as it got to the people, which maybe they hadn't been doing before, all of a sudden became much more important. So your team just introduced a new platform called the Connect Smart platform. Um, so can you kind of explain the process of this? It's almost like a whole rebranding in a way, um, you know, and, and what it does, what how it connects and um, and how this will help clients. Sure. So the, the ConnectSmart platform, it's is a data driven uh, restaurant automation solution. So essentially it's bringing together all of our solutions that we had into kind of a unified operational platform. So we, we had had all these um, almost separate tools that restaurants would use. An example of that was the, the kitchen uh, display solution and then the front of house solution. But uh, I think a lot of our, uh, even our customers or prospective customers didn't really realize that those were uh, as connected as they are. So what this does is it, it kind of brings everything under one uh, umbrella, one platform. Uh, so that would include the kitchen display solution, the Go app that I just talked about for off-premise management, um, our host app, which is our table management solution, which we, we formerly were uh, branding as DineTime, um, our recipe solution for, um, you know, which integrates into the kitchen solution as well, where you can pull up menu cards and recipes um, for your your cook staff, and then our insights portal as well, which is our our BI tool. So all those all those modules now are interconnected, um, which re which really gives restaurants a leg up. We we kind of own the entire guest experience from the time 
um, that they start, you know, wh whatever the process is, whether it's, you know, making a reservation or adding themselves to the wait list or, or creating an online order all the way till the end, which is, you know, them walking out the door for a dine-in visit or, or receiving their food um, for an off-premise visit. This is really kind of a game changer that, you know, allows the whole process. Um, was this something that you were hearing that customers were desiring that they were hearing from their, you know, from their guests that they want this kind of, you know, whole platform of, uh, of techn of technology available to them. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, and the other part too is, is, um, uh, kind of a unified, uh, API framework as well. So, you know, you're, you're seeing that a lot more in the industry where, um, different uh you know third parties are working together and exchanging information and part of this platform also includes kind of a flexible api framework where um whether it's the restaurant that's wanting to tap into it or another third party partner um it kind of makes it easy for partners and customers to to work with it so we keep talking about you know off-premise um you know it was just such a big part of keeping restaurants afloat you know and with takeout, curbside pickup, delivery, all of these. Um, so how, how did you see, you know, your, your restaurant customers pivot and, and, you know, what was, how did you see that journey for them as, you know, their businesses kind of flipped from being in, 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 you know, in-house dining to, to an off-premise dining? Yeah, I think, uh, the, the biggest one, that we saw was was the curbside scramble um you know it, it seemed like as soon as as soon as restaurants went into lockdown they all went into kind of kicked it into high gear to launch curbside and you you would see as i as i would eat out you'd see all sorts of different strategies with that everywhere from people throwing a sign up overnight outside and said call into the restaurant when you're here to um, you know, more sophisticated stuff. I, I read somewhere that four out of five table service restaurants um, added curbside, you know, once COVID hit, which is was pretty amazing how quick, you know, people brought that to life. Beyond curbside, like you mentioned, I think just off premise, um, it really forced people to focus on off premise operations in their kitchens. Um, we we kind of saw a shift, I think, from a lot of our customers' major focuses in their kitchens were around food quality and speed um, pre-pandemic. And not to say those those things aren't still important, but it it kind of shifted to accuracy and communication um, and data were kind of brought more into light. You know, it was more important to make sure the orders were right the first time, uh, especially with off-premise where it's once it leaves, it leaves and you got to make sure um, that the food's right in the first place. And then just the communication to the guests, right? Where with dine-in, you can walk to the table and, and you know, pr provide them updates with why their food's running late or where their food is in the process. With off-premise, you're you don't have that that face-to-face, -face. Um, so it's uh, the means of kind of keeping your guests updated, whether it's you know the 
the status of their order via tracker that you see on on a lot of you know pizza delivery or online ordering now, um, or you know just the the messaging uh, opening the line of messaging where you can kind of exchange messages with SMS. You use the word data numerous times in our conversation <laughs> uh, so far, um, and and I think that's probably because it's. It's so important, um, and it's it was a huge piece of kind of connecting the off-premise puzzle. Um, so, you know, how are restaurants using this tremendous data that they're collecting right now, um, you know, to kind of move forward, um, you know, with an off-premise program? And, and, you know, you just kind of got a little bit on there about, you know, the difference in the guest experience, whether you're, you know... Uh, in-house or if you're, you know, off-premise. So how can, how can that data be used to kind of personalize the off-premise guest experience? Yeah, I think, and uh, I, I mentioned before, I think the, the real-time kind of status or updates to guests is becoming more and more important. You're seeing that kind of more as a norm. Um, and, and what I mean by that is things like the status of your order, uh, an order tracker for online ordering, the other ones that we're seeing kind of becoming uh, more important now is accurate quoting um, for orders. You know, we, we've kind of been in the in the quoting game for a long time with our table management um, software with waitlisting to where, you know, a lot of uh, restaurant, big brand restaurants now you can, you know, go to their website or use their app to add yourselves to the waitlist and it provides you kind of what the wait time is at that moment. But it's kind of extending that into the, the kitchen product is where a lot of restaurants are, are going and, um, Using our kitchen system allows you really to get a, a, a very accurate quote of how long it should take your online order to be processed. Because face it, nobody likes to to wait, you know, be told that it's going to be ready at, at 7 p.m. and then end up showing up at the restaurant waiting an extra 15 minutes past that. Um, I, I always I, I like to bring up the, the Mother's Day example. Um you know, Mother's Day was, I, I think in a lot of ways, was a watershed moment for uh, restaurants and off-premise, um, you know, back in May, which was kind of at the height of, you know, the lockdowns, just very few restaurants had, had opened up for dining at that point. And when Mother's Day hit, I don't think anyone really expected as much off-premise uh, orders as they as they had. We, we actually calculated, I think it was around four to five times um, the number of off-premise orders this past Mother's Day versus the year before. And what a lot of it, it for a lot of restaurants, it was it made the news because of how upset um, customers were, how overrun the restaurants were. They couldn't make the food fast enough. But I think a lot of restaurants underestimated kind of how how many off-premise orders could come flowing into their kitchens at one time and their kitchens just couldn't handle it um you know you know with diet with dine in you've got this built-in limit of how many orders are going to be flowing through because it's based on how many tables are in your restaurant with off-premise if you're full, that's that limit is kind of limitless um and i think i think restaurants before the pandemic had 
a really good understanding of kind of where that mix was. You know, some restaurants, it was 10 to 15 percent off premise. And then with COVID, it kind of flipped it, flipped it on its head and it keeps it keeps evolving from there. So I, th- I think restaurants are now realizing as off premise, you know, even as things kind of normalize, off premise is still going to be a bigger chunk. And it's just it, it's really important to use the data that we have um, to to make sure that that off premise experiences um you know, the best possible. You know, you were talking on about the, the data and there's so many um, data points out there that are being collected. But what would you say are some of the important ones that restaurant owner, operators, managers should be paying attention to that would allow them to offer better service and, and you know, have their operations run more successfully? Yeah, the, the, the biggest one that we always talk about is is speed of service, which is really just how long it takes the check or food to to make its way from you know being entered into the point of sale system or the online ordering system to the time it's completed and ready to go out. Um, that's that's kind of the base metric in our in our software, but we we capture a lot more than that and and. You know, there's there's so many other kind of more granular touch points that you can capture, you know, everything from uh, things like the reaction time of how long it takes a cook before they see the item on the screen to when they start making it or the coordination time, which is really a food quality metric of how long from the first item on the check, you know, being completed until the last item on the check is completed or the or the window time as we call it which is how long the com- the fully completed order sits in the window in in your uh, kitchen before it either goes out to the table or is is packaged up and goes out to the guest so it's pretty incredible all these little kind of granular touch points that you can kind of uh, dive into to really um you know make sure you're you're servicing your guests the, the best possible way. And then with, with off-premise, it's kind of opened up even more data points because now you're you're kind of paying attention to at what point does the guest walk in or check in with curbside um, to uh, the, the point where the, they pick up the food and walk out or the food is, is run out to their car or in the delivery, you know, delivery world, how long it's taken for the delivery driver to deliver it to the, to the house. Technology huge savior for many restaurants. Um, do you see that reliance um, increasing um, because they've seen that success and um, and and how it functions for them and works in you know within what they're doing and makes it their operations easier um, you know and being more open to new tech um, and also because guests want this now guests are, more savvy, um, you know, we saw the resurgence of the QR code venues mm-hmm. and, you know, guests are doing these things because, you know, they're comfortable using their phones. Um, so do you think that they're going to be, you know, more use of tech in, in the future um, and that they'll just, you know, restaurants will be open to to being maybe an early adapter of, of some kind of technologies instead of, you know, being late to the game? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it. I found it really interesting how how much more new tech have uh, come into focus just uh, as a result of COVID. Um, you know, I 
I keep hearing the buzzword of convenience technology. Um, you know, any technology that kind of uh, improves the convenience to the guest. And I think at, at first it was a lot of it was focused on, you know, contactless and touchless and things like that. And those things are, are still important, but I think it's, it's really kind of evolving into just this hyper focus of the improvement of the guest experience in general. So really anything that will streamline uh, the guest experience, not just, you know, from a contactless or touchless perspective, but, um, you know, just like I mentioned earlier, less waiting, more instant, easy ways to order, easy ways to pay, easy ways to pick up your food. Um, you know, I, I, I heard uh, an interesting quote from um, Hudson Reel from the NRA where, you know, he was he was also mentioning balancing uh, the convenience with the socialization. So. I think his his thing was as we are um, kind of coming back to dining in and more people are are coming back to eating in restaurants and things are getting a little bit more back to normal. How how is it going to look with um, you know balancing uh, convenience versus the socialization aspect? You know, still talking with your server and um, you know the people within the restaurant. Um, it, I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting to, to see how that kind of evolves. He also said that one, which I thought this was really interesting, one out of 20 orders before the pandemic were done digitally. And since it's now come under one out of five that have become digital. So it's just, it, it really is, I think it's changed the world forever. Even as things get back to a, a normal, a more normal state. Um, I think we're just, uh, we've, the restaurant industry in general has just become more digital in general. You know, speaking on the digital and delivery side, um, you know, one of the trends that um, has really uh, taken hold, uh, you know, before the pandemic, but even more so um, we're, ghost slash virtual kitchens. Um, so, you know, how do you see that impacting and are there other trends that um, you anticipate will, you know, have an impact moving forward? Yeah, I think the the ghost and virtual and dark kitchens are all um, continuing to grow. Um, we keep getting more um, feedback from new and existing customers who are kind of going that route. Um, I think there's still a little bit of a hurdle for for guests. You know, I think uh, there's still a little bit of hesitance for a lot of people ordering from like a completely virtual brand. Uh, but I think that um, a lot of people are kind of getting over that, and I, I think they'll continue to grow. Some other other trends too that we've seen are um, location awareness. I think that one's kind of become bigger and bigger. So that could that could mean anything from uh, you know the off-premise equation where you're coming to pick up your food and the restaurant would understand your location, whether it's for a curbside or just a pickup order, to know that you're you know nearby or on your way or have arrived um, to kind of help streamline that. Um, 
and then you know I keep talking about curbside. I think curbside is is here to stay. Um, I, I I think with curbside, it's for restaurants who have really mastered or figured out their curbside execution strategy. I think they'll be in a good spot to really continue that. Um, you know, post COVID. So, you know, I think like when, when disease and the germ spread and all that isn't at the forefront anymore. Um, I think the question that guests are going to ask themselves is, is it more convenient to wait in my car um, to have somebody run the food out? Or is it going to be faster for me to just run into the restaurant and, and pick it up? And I think that's where, you know, restaurants who have kind of used this as an opportunity to master their their curbside execution, uh, they're going to be in a in a much better position. Like, uh, it, you know, curbside's been around for years and years. Applebee's uh, launched curbside back in 2004. It's just never, um, I think for a lot of restaurants, they just didn't want to have to worry about executing it. So they would, it was just easier for them to say, well, just have the the customer run into the restaurant and the customers just kind of accepted that. And I think for some people who tried it and didn't execute it, it just kind of scared the customers away because they were, you know, again, it was, you're sitting out there waiting for too long and it's just easier to walk in. So. You know, can you, I guess, give some examples of, of, how they mastered this, um, you know, what what set them apart that their programs were better than, you know, better executed than others? Yeah, it's really about the um, communication into the restaurant and into the kitchens um, when guests arrive. So that's, and, and that's kind of what I mentioned with the, uh, you know, the self-arrival uh, to allow a guest to, to mark themselves as arrived so they don't have to pick up the phone and call the restaurant. And a, a lot of times, you know, there's a busy signal or you're being transferred around or it's just a little bit um, cumbersome. And then the other one is, is the communication back to the kitchen so that when somebody does arrive, the kitchen is notified immediately so that they can finish, you know, the the bagging and, and packaging process and, and run it right out to the restaurant. Um, at several of the big brands out there, the big table service brands have kind of been challenging themselves to, to, to continue kind of cutting down. That, that's kind of the new... Uh, you know, thing you keep hearing is how quick can we get that time um, from when the, the the guest pulls into the parking spot to running the food out. So it just seems like uh, restaurants are continuing to look at ways to improve that. So last question. Um, what's your outlook for the restaurant industry in 2021 and, and beyond? That's a tricky one. Uh, I, I think... 2021 is going to be better than 2020 was, uh, but I don't expect it to rebound to pre-COVID levels right away. I think that's going to be a, a, a pretty long uh, process. When when the pandemic started back in March, we actually launched a, a data page. Um, it's at uh, data.qsr.cloud. And what we did was we we really tracked a couple of key 
uh, metrics. One was transaction counts that would be kind of coming through our kitchen system. And the other one was uh, visit counts that would be coming through, uh, you know, dine-in visits through our front of house application. And it's been really interesting to kind of keep track of where that stands. But what we do is we're looking at year over year um, trends for those two metrics um, on a daily basis. And as it stands today, we're we're about 25% down year over year on transactions and we're about 40% down on uh, dine-in visits, which which tells you that's that's kind of the the off-premise is, is really the difference there. Now we had we had bottomed out at about 70% down on transactions, I think back in April. And we had made it all the way up to the teens in September and October. So the fourth quarter and kind of the start of this year, it's kind of leveled off a little bit. Um, I think a lot of that due to kind of a, a little bit more of the tightening of lockdowns and everything else. So uh, yeah, I think that'll be interesting to kind of keep track of. Um, you know, I, I always uh, listen to, uh, you know, Gene Lee at Darden. He's he's comes out and speaks every once in a while about what his predictions are for the industry. And he, he says that... Um, you know, he doesn't think that off-premise is going to stick quite as much as as people think once things do get back to normal. Um, you know, he's predicting that dine-in is really going to make a, a major resurgence um, kind of as soon as we get, you know, the vaccinations out and that there's really going to be this craving of the socialization aspect where people are really going to want to get back out and socialize. So, I think it'll. I think that'll be um, interesting to keep an eye on. And then, I think finally, like uh, there, there's there does seem to be a pretty big divide between independents versus um, the chain space. You know, I think the independents are in general in a much more difficult position. Um, it's it's been pretty sad to see so many that have been kind of forced to close, and I don't know necessarily that we're out of the woods with that over the next few months. It seems like the chains kind of have have had a, a little bit more of a solid footing in terms of uh, kind of being able to weather the storm. But I, I, I am confident overall that um, I, I, I think 2021 is, is going to be a much better year for the restaurant industry than 2020 was. Thank you so much, Brian. This is great. Yeah, thank you. Again, I appreciate the, the opportunity to join you and thanks again.